0: Hello, 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 everybody. It is time for some more monkey business. It's Chris in the studio from WFC3, hanging out with everybody yet again for the next half hour of entertainment and uh, and probably some little bit of insanity. In the studio with me today, the, the local icon, Billy DeTore. Oh, me. Yeah, hi. you again. Yeah. Tanya. Say hi, Tanya. Hello. And I got Brian. And our fearless leader is with us today, the president of the whole operation, the man who makes it all come together, Dan Ignatius Carmen. Hello. <laughs> See, I told you I was going to say something. And on the phone with us as before, we got uh, the lovely Sybil Corbin. Hi. And the ever, ever-present Deanna Schulmerich. Say hi, Dee. Hello. See, that's awesome. So we're all t- here. Cheer, cheer. The gang's all here for another half hour of of Insanity, and, uh, and like I said, I, I, I named the podcast, haven't I? I did that. I called it, I called it the monkey business because you know, I couldn't think of anything better. Because we like the monkeys? <laughs> because no, that, we like that's the monkeys. Me. Hey, hey, we're, we're the, the monkeys. monkeys. See, look at that's that. You guys didn't, didn't even miss a beat. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, no, monkeys, because the, the overall company is Mighty Monkey Productions, and we present to you the Flower City Comic Con.
1: Actually, I think it's the Mighty Monkey Corporation, but that's okay.
0: We're working on that part. Have we, have we got an official on that one yet? It's just not yet. It's in, it's in progress. It, it's happening at the state uh, at the speed of Congress. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> a lot of red tape. So here we are, yet again, trying to find a way to entertain you, and uh, we've we've talked about a little bit about the convention. We've talked a little bit about our history and our little goals going forward. Today we're going to start kind of talking about things that may or may not be important to you. And if they're not important, well, tough. You're going to listen anyway because we're fun. Uh, and today's topic right now is going to be about tabletop gaming we're going to invoke a little little will wheaton-esque humor here at this point what is tabletop gaming that is more than just monopoly it's more than just uh
2: trivial trivial
0: pursuit it's more than just uh, the game of life it's uh it's living a different different personality entirely you got your your traditional uh games like dungeons and dragons and and it's offshoots of multiple editions pathfinder things like that you have uh horror with a vampire you have um Insani- Deadlands, yeah, Deadlands. You got uh, the insanity of of paranoia and Cthulhu and all sorts of good stuff. And then and how that's changed the culture and how it's moved forward into other platforms, such as you know World of Warcraft on your computer and uh, you know Skyrim on your PC and your your gaming console, things like that. So there's a lot of different ways to to partake in that, and and there's a lot of ways to look at it from different directions of of how it's affected our culture and how we, how we relate to it as, as people. You know, Dan, and you've been playing, I think, the longest. You were playing back when you were, like, in high school or earlier than that. Earlier than that, eighth grade. You are eighth grade. And, and that's kind of, like, the typical thing. You know, it's funny because we're all pretty much, we can be considered, like, if you've seen Stranger Things... Uh, on Netflix. I have. Okay, uh, we're all kind of contemporaries of those kids because they were 12 and 13 when that when that shows and that show set in the early 80s, and that's time when we were all 12 and 13. So you know, if we can, you think it forward, you know, Will and and all and his gang and Dustin, they're all they're all our age. So it's kind of weird to see how they were portraying kind of us. I think it's I think it's kind of funny how it's related to uh, to so many people. But anyway, um, to to go on to moving forward. What are some of the, the general, um, the, the things that we like to do the most when it comes, because I know we're all gamers in our own lore. Actually,
3: I'm not. You're not, Billy? No, I, I, I've i never. No. It's something I've always thought looked really fun, uh-huh. but I've never, I guess, hung out with other people that did it, so I never got into the So this uh, is a new thing the even games. for you. That's awesome. I, I've seen, like you said, Stranger Things and uh-huh. Freaks and Geeks. Some of the kids used to play uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. I know of its existence, and I always go, this looks like fun, but yeah. I don't know anybody else that plays, and I don't really understand it,
0: so. That kind of happened to me, too, because I, I remember my, my 12th or 13th birthday, mm-hmm. one of my, uh, my dad's cousins gave me the original basic rules, the, the famous red box, for as a Christmas present.
2: With the high-impact dice. With
0: the high-impact dice, which, which I didn't realize what high-impact meant until they were thrown at me. Um, and but I never really found a group. I never found people Sorry. who were interested in it. Just it didn't seem cool enough mm-hmm. and wasn't mainstream enough. I didn't actually start playing anything until I was in college. And then I met the guys who would who had introduced me to it and teach me it. And, and so that was like I was from 12 to 18. So there's six years that, you know, that I was not exposed to it in any way, shape or form.
2: Well, I didn't start until I was 20. That's true. So I started in 92. Uh-huh. I didn't even know what. This thing
0: was. I, so you'd I, never heard of it before. I had
2: never ever heard of it uh-huh. before. And,
0: and and now have you know? <laughs> and then there's your basement. There's, which,
2: there's our basement. Yeah, it's which a shrine. People have seen,
0: yeah, which people have seen in, in a few of our FC3 videos. So you can go to our YouTube channel, and uh, and see what Tanya's basement looks like.
3: Now can, can I ask when did Dungeons and Dragons start? Which to me is the original one. Mm-hmm. I graduated from high school in 1983, so I was like 17 in
0: 1983, and okay. I
3: think.
4: It'd it has been was, around. It had been was around for a little
0: while before that. It so In started,
4: 76 or 77? I think it's yeah, even a, it started in the early 70s, because I think they just had, like, their 40th or 45th anniversary right. or something like that.
0: And it, and it actually started um, as a game called Chainmail. Now, mm-hmm. the, the two original creators, Gary Gygax and, and Dave Arneson... Uh, God bless them. God bless them both. We miss them both. Um, but uh, they were part of a wargaming group. So it, think, like, Warhammer and... Um, I'm getting dates here. Look at this: the 1974, original, 1974, 1977 for some of the original rules uh, to be published in box form. So that's kind of cool. I mean, that's that's that is 40 years. So it's been part of the national consciousness for that long.
3: So it's really it's been around longer than Trivial Pursuit, mm-hmm. which you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah as long of, as Monopoly. Not
0: a, not as Monopoly. Uh, here's a sidebar for you. I saw recent. I was doing some research for this particular because I do show prep now because I'm professional. Um, but I saw somebody had keep a... Keep telling yourself that. Yeah, I'm going to keep telling myself that. <laughs> One of these days, I'll even believe it. Um, uh, but somebody has a copy of Monopoly, an actual circular board. Circular? Circular board. Oh, wow. And it was from, like, it was, uh, it was crafted in 19, like 15 or 1916. And it was for a particular, like, a, almost like they had collector's editions back then, or, or a version thereof. And I thought that was kind of cool. It was very antiquated. But anyway, okay, tangent coming back. Hello, Dan. Um, so, bring hello. him in. Bring him in. Bring him in. Um, but yeah, it started out as chainmail, and uh, that was the name of the game. And it was uh, they had done this war gaming, and they had they basically chess on on steroids. So it's, it's like Warhammer 40K these days, where you have your figures lined up, and each figure which had,
2: have to be painted, which
0: yeah have to be painted, and yeah you know, they would have these large scale army battles that would be reenacted on tabletop, and then. Gary Gygax had the great idea. Well, what if this particular character in the back row? What if he had special statistics? And so it's, it's kind of started snowballing from there. And then that special character started getting break, you know, started getting broken away from the big war game, and um, going on his own adventures. And then that that character started bringing friends along
2: to kill monsters, to kill take monsters, to,
0: exactly. Murder hobos, yes. right? Is that what they call? Them? And uh, and so you know, wander along, and that so it's you see how the evolution kind of started from there. And then has never looked back. So, um, where was I going with that? That's a good question, Brian. Help me out here, would you?
2: Well, Billy was asking kind of what it is he wanted to That's kind of be okay. interested and, in. But, it. Then.
1: And the key with it is not necessarily knowing what you're doing yourself, Billy. You, I but still if you don't find someone who who knows how to run the game, uh, I, I don't know if they still call them DMs nowadays. Game master, game master. Yeah, you know, you know someone who, who does it. Anyone. Can jump in and play. I mean, they can pre-make characters for you. You don't have to worry mm-hmm. about about all of that. And mm-hmm. uh, um, so, I mean, if you're ever interested, there's plenty of people here that play that, that we could get you involved. Oh, we would love. Yeah, point. that'd be a
0: great time. So,
3: and I've actually been uh, down at the Village Gate Mall or whatever they call it nowadays, and seen, like people just sitting outside of a game store or something playing. That they have tournaments and stuff.
0: Yeah. And there was a, a store called uh, Paradise, Paradise Games at, at mm-hmm. Village Gate. I think it's since it's, it's closed at this point, but yeah. we still have a lot, a lot of like Boldo's Armory over on Monroe. Just we have games, just games out in uh, where's that Penfield, Penfield, and then Millennium, the big daddy, out in uh, Henrietta. Penri- Those, you know, so there's mm-hmm. plenty of opportunity, and then there's lots, you know, the internet will bring it to your door for free.
3: And are, you know? <laughs> is, is HeroClix a thing that you guys play? Or?
0: HeroClix is a thing, but it's not something that I've, I pl- I, mean, I, I play. I mean, I play with the figures. Yeah, we'll play. With, <laughs> we'll use the figures to kind of depict the stories that mm-hmm. we're playing out sometimes. Okay. But we, I personally have not used HeroClix. The statistics and the actual game rules that came with those figures. But okay. didn't you
2: order a HeroClix figure the other day?
0: I did, so that I can use it for. Uh, we can thank Sean for that. Yes, for for my every other Sunday game. Uh, right now we're we're playing. It's it's, it's an interesting. We'll talk about it a little bit. It's it's a Pathfinder rules called Iron Gods. So you have your your basic Pathfinder world of Galarian. And so there's all the swords and sorcery and all of the you know the nations and armies and monsters and creatures that you'd be familiar with with a Tolkien-esque kind of setting. And right in the middle of it, they slap down an ancient starship from a foreign alien culture and all of the technology that would come with it. So you have your swords and sorcery all laid across the, the countryside, but in this one particular country, you have laser guns and robots and, and uh, spaceships and stuff. And yeah, they're herdy. Um, so it's kind of funny to see how these two things have been kind of slapped together and how they fit and how things work. And so it's, again, the bottom line of, of, of this is where can your imagination take you. And that's, I mean, rules are rules and you can work with the rules and you can, you know, that helps you figure out solutions to situations and things like that. But the long and the short of it is where can your imagination take you? How can you be that person and what is that person going to to do? And that's, I think that's the bottom line. I think that's part of the wonder of it is is you can do pretty much whatever you want. You know, that's kind of the, the cool thing about it. You can go wherever you want, whatever you want, do whatever, you know, kind of your imagination takes you. And that's one of the, the beauties of the game, and why I think it's probably one of the reasons why it's lasted so long.
1: Well, and one of the interesting things I find is that uh, it started in uh, nineteen seventy four. It was even mentioned, mm-hmm. but as technology went along, and we we got all these video games nowadays. Mm-hmm. How many video games are role playing video games? Yeah, you know they they've just. Taking something that it, from the youth of, of us and, mm-hmm. and these developers of the video games and, and they bring that into the game where you can actually RPG and instead of having to use your imagination which I think is a great part of, of playing these tabletop games mm-hmm. uh, you can actually see what's going on with your character yes. on the screen which, yeah, it, which is neat So nice to, to watch it kind of develop and create it's own little genre outside of the tabletop has, has been interesting over time too
3: Nice. I, you answered my question. I like I said. I've seen people playing HeroClix. That's uh-huh. why I at the comic book store I go to. They right. have tournaments, and so I, to me, it's almost a way in because exactly. they use a lot of the superheroes that I yep. know as a comic book reader. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to learn the Dungeons and Dragons character. Like I don't even know. Like they do have a superheroes pre- game too.
0: Oh, there's there's a, for every. That's the so cool thing every about it. Genre. Every genre there is, you know, for horror, for mystery, for for steampunk, which is becoming a big mm-hmm. part of our culture in in recent years. Uh, you know, you can go back in time. You can go forward in time and you can go anywhere you want with it. And that's there's there's going to be a rule set for it. For Firefly fans, there's a whole game around Doctor the Firefly Who? universe. There's the Doctor Who games, uh, Star Trek, Star Wars. You, you think it up and somebody's put together a rule set for it so you can take part in. That universe in that theme and have nice. some fun with
2: Starfleet it. Starfleet battles? What is this?
0: Starfleet battles is, is like Hero Clicks actually, because mm-hmm. uh, it gives you the start the stats of the various spaceships that are so popular with uh, with uh, through Star Trek's history and lore, uh, and then you can do fleet battles or one on one battles and and uh, it's it's chess on acid really. Sybil, are you are you a gamer? Sybil. Sybil. I- She's thinking about it. I
5: am actually not really a gamer. No. Nope. I enjoy watching other people game, and I'm uh-huh. fascinated learning about gaming, but I've never really sat down and done it myself going past card games.
4: Mm-hmm. But it- I
5: like I like crazy, intricate, weird card games that they have these days, but and besides that, I, I'm really not much of a gamer.
0: Now, now. As a, as a, you know, gaming as a spectator sport, which I, I'm sure it will happen once in a while. What are some of the favorite things you like to watch? Do you like to, to see how people tear their hair out or just or for the solutions they come up with, the evil game masters? I,
5: I like watching the interaction between the characters on mm-hmm. trying to figure out how, in their own minds, how they're trying to figure out who's on their side, who's going to go against them, who's going to... Work together, and who's not going to work together, and who is working together, but they're really not working together because yeah. so they're actually working with someone else. That is so our Sunday and, campaign.
0: Oh God, yeah. Tiny's laughing right now. And being on
5: the outside, looking in on that, it's mm-hmm. fascinating to just watch it. Like, like, it's like it's almost like you're watching a television. Like they they, they don't realize that you're there watching them because they're so into their game. And, and right. that's the part that I like: just how into the game that the people get.
0: So it's almost like live action reality TV for you.
5: Yes,
0: but it's <laughs> better. Good. See, that's that. Uh, I think we need to do that at the uh, at the convention and see if we can sell tickets to see, watch somebody play a game. I
2: don't know. I might be throwing dice.
0: <laughs> you know, th- at people. Yes, you've yes, done that. I've, I have I've, done that. I've received a couple of them over the years.
2: Deanna's laughing because she's been on the receiving end of dice at the other end of the I'm table. I'm at the
4: opposite end of the table, so I have to duck. Yes. Yeah.
2: As long as you as long as you stand still, you're good. As soon as you start dodging and weaving, you'll probably get hit. Well, if
1: probably. you have the big fuzzy dice, you can do you could do something. Yeah.
0: Tiny does not reach. For the big fuzzy dice, she reaches for the small, sharp, pointy ones. All yes. right, so we have we have Sybil who likes to it. who who likes to watch and take it in. Uh, we have Deanna who plays very casually. She kind of goes. I think I think, do. You sit at the table more for the social aspect, just to kind of hang out with the folks who are at the table. Am I, I kind of am I wrong in that one?
4: Yes and no. It depends. Right uh-huh. now, I'm actually taking a break from gaming,
0: mm-hmm.
4: working on some other things. But
0: mm-hmm.
4: it depends on the campaign. Um, you know, campaigns if they're too big, I usually end up you know, going for the social aspect. But if they're mm-hmm. smaller and I'm able to get involved, that's you know, I'll I do that. So it depends on the mood for me, really. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm a gamer, you know, kind of like Tanya started in college. Shortly after I got out of college, um, Chris actually created my first character for I me. I did, didn't I? I'm sorry. I actually <laughs> still
0: have that character sheet somewhere. I remember you showed it to me though. In seven. a box. Yeah, I remember you showing um, that to me.
4: It's
2: probably so, yeah. going to be in a plastic sleeve, like those comic books.
0: There you go. Be,
4: you know, I, I should get it graded and see how much it's actually worth. <laughs> it's,
0: yeah, I, I can tell you how much it's worth right now. I would actually pay you cents. to take it off your hands. So that's <laughs> you would... <laughs>
4: um, You know, I I look at it as another uh, outlet for creativity. Mm-hmm. You can get out of reality, turn yourself into somebody, mm-hmm. you know, a superhero, a warrior, a, a, a wizard. You know, and just kind of check out for a couple hours and, you know, expand your mind and, you know, exercise your mind. Yep. That's kind of how I've, I've always approached gaming for me. as just an outlet to do, to be creative.
2: I tell you, definitely that. And it's also, for me, a great stress reliever. So mm-hmm. when I've had, like, a rough day at work or whatever, I look forward to... The Tuesdays or the Saturdays or the Sundays and I'm kinda of disappointed when we don't get to play mm-hmm. and like we're not well, we're playing getting, next week or yeah, whatever. We're
0: getting our kids into it now too. So it's yes. kinda of funny. We we grew up with this stuff and now we're we're passing it down a generation. Like, both of my teenagers, and, and, and Tanya, one of your, te- your, your, uh, your boys, your teenager. I only have teenager. one teenager. I was going to say, I was going to say you have multiple teenagers, but one acts like it. He hasn't quite Well, hasn't the eight-year-old sometimes there.
4: acts like a teenager. Uh, yeah. Don't start. Okay. But, you
0: know, we're getting our kids into it. Brian, have you gotten your boys into it at all? Uh, only one has shown a lot of interest. Uh-huh. That's
2: the youngest one, right?
1: No, the oldest, actually. The oldest? We, we've uh, started a Pathfinder campaign with my cousin, uh, who we used to play with,
4: mm-hmm.
1: uh, when I was younger. Um how how do you guys feel? Because this this same cousin had some issues at, at, at one point in his life, uh, and and it's something that I know used to be uh, uh, kind of a concern uh, of parents of pe- kids playing is, is keeping that uh, reality and fantasy separate from each other. Uh, and, they are separate.
2: And, uh, <laughs> well, no, well, my, duh, my duh. oh man,
1: I I, I know. I'm um, no, I. I, I had a relative who, who played, and, and he kind of got caught in that fantasy world and mm-hmm. and, and um, literally took a sledgehammer to the walls in his house. Oh, geez. Um
0: Well, there's going to be extreme cases all across and, the and board.
1: Absolutely. I, the, and, and those are concerns that I think are most of the time unwarranted. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I just want to bring it up and, and see what you guys had, had to say about those things.
0: Well, here's what I do at my house with my kids. Uh, we, we have an every other Saturday game. And if we, if we don't have a, a game that's happening at that moment, I tell them, the books, put the books away. As soon as the game is done, you put the dice away, you put the books away, you put your character sheet away. Uh, and then a couple of hours before a game day occurs, you can bring everything out and start getting yourself ready for the game. But when you're not playing, you put it away. You know, for for us now, we can casually pick up a book whenever we want to because, you know, we're adults. (laughs) Yeah, funny. Um, You know, sort of adults. Physically, anyway. Physically adults. You know, so we have that, uh, you know, over the years, we've gained that experience to say, okay, there's a time for it and there isn't a time for it. Uh, But with the kids, especially, like, I know... My son, if he latches onto something, that's it. He just he wants to, to go all gonzo into that.
2: And we saw it then. He was devastated yeah. when oh, the uh, DM yeah. disintegrated his character, or what we thought I that thought, he disintegrated yeah, he his was, character. Yeah, he was so
0: bummed. Yeah, character death is a real thing, it is. people. Really? But
2: you know what? It, it <laughs> took him a little while to to really get it, but uh-huh. then once he realized that he was in a different spot and he, we thought he was disintegrated, yeah. he did a really nice job trying to problem-solve and get back to the
0: party. Right. Right. In and the, the last session, he's really starting to figure out how to solve solutions without having to roll dice, without having to swing the sword. And that's something else, you know, teaching kids. And, and I like the fact that younger generations are continually being exposed to it. They've TSR, which then was bought out by Wizards of the Coast, the, the creators of Dungeons and Dragons, yeah, Hasbro was in there at one point or another. These rules are, are always evolving, evolving. Thank you. And, and it's great. That and they're making it updated so future generations can be accessible to it. And we'll talk about differences and additions later. But the great thing about it is that it teaches children problem solving and communication and interaction. I watched And that by, is sorely
4: have, lacking with ye- a lot
0: of kids today. Oh, it's terrible.
4: Sorely lacking. Yeah. They get behind their tablets and their iPads mm-hmm. and their computers. And you don't see or hear from them for hours. Mm-hmm. You must
2: be and in my house good, every so often. Yeah.
4: <laughs> it's good to a point because it teaches on technology, but I think it's taking away that human interaction. Mm-hmm. And I see that where I work sometimes, that students have a very difficult time, students and people in general, have difficult time communicating with one another because they don't know how to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. And, so, and so it's great how these games, which seem to be so frivolous to some, and easy to dismiss for others, but if you look at them, they can be teaching tools. So that it's not just your imagination, but your how you look at the rest of the world can be affected by that.
4: And that's part of what you know we're you know doing as the Mighty Monkey is. We mm-hmm. want to you know educate people that you know, hey, we're not just nerds. We're not. Geeks. We're not.
0: This stuff no. isn't weird. <laughs> but speak for yourself. Not, speak for not yourself. Debatable. <laughs> not just. You know
4: nerds. what I mean. <laughs> world
0: class geek. <laughs> we're more than nerds.
4: Well, what's nice you know, is oh, go ahead, D. We we're here to, you know, it's it, it's it's not just a niche thing, it's not a strange thing. There are positive things to it and this is what, you know, these are the positives we want to show this to people.
2: Well, definitely. My son's a senior uh, um uh out in Henrietta and his school district actually has a role playing club and he's mm-hmm. been a member of it for the last 2 years which mm-hmm. Um, I was at Open House the other night, and the the staff that supervises it was amazed about how many kids that they have this year in the club, that it's grown a lot. So uh, we were really excited that Tyler's a part of it mm-hmm. and that he wants to be a part of it and that he's working on problem-solving skills and things like that with his classmates and his peers and for him, that's a really huge thing, because it does help students and kids open up and socialize, like you said.
3: Can, can I ask, how long, is there like a general length of game? Because that's one thing I've always been confused on. Sometimes it it's seems random. like weeks, can mm-hmm. Can you play in a day, in a couple hours, well, does you it could, take... You could
2: play an, an adventure in a day mm-hmm. if uh-huh. it was just a it depends on, dungeon crawl.
0: Exactly. There There are multiple, and that's another great thing, and that's an awesome point to bring up, Billy. Um it depends on the game master, it depends on the crew, uh, and depends on the game. Uh, there are some games that are set for, you know, you can do this in two or three hours. And then there are some parts of the game, some modules, campaigns, are some of the vernacular being used there, that can go on over the course of two, three years. I, uh, I think
2: our Tuesday night campaign our Tuesday night campaign like
0: five years. Five years.
3: Okay, th- this is going to sound characters. stupid then. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. When you're done for... The night, mm-hmm. or after a few hours, you're ready to go home. Mm-hmm. Do you make notes? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you throughout Do you night. leave a board up somewhere? Is there just yep. like a some place where the board always is exactly as it's supposed to be? Everybody's going
0: to do it differently, um, and you know what's very popular is are these these mats. Mm-hmm. Uh, that battle have the, the battle mats that have the graphs on them, the, the squares or hexagons or whatever, and you can use uh, dry erase markers or wet erase markers on them, so you can have your your mat. And then they roll up and you can stash them away, or you know some modules will come with paper maps you can lay out on the table. Uh, Tanya is about to show you a picture of her basement. They have three six oh. foot folding tables side by side with this big battle mat underneath it, and then a, a, a layer of plexiglass over it, so they can go ahead and draw whatever they want on the plexiglass and not stain the mat. And since it's in the basement, it's a part of their house they can kind of set aside. It's the gaming area. It so, never
2: gets picked up.
0: Yeah, it never gets picked up. So in essence, they have a feature at their house where there's always a place, and you can leave it off and pick up another game, or you can, you can pick up the same game a couple weeks later. Not everybody has that luxury. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are always ways to do it. There's always, and, and I'll tell you what, early on, when I first started playing in college, we didn't really map a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was all that the DM would or the game master would tell you. This is what the room looks like. You jot some notes down. You know, we we all had our our, our character. There's me knocking the microphone around. Uh, we had our notebooks. We had our dice. We had our character sheets, and then you just just writing things down, keeping track of stuff. You could do things in two hours. You can do like I said. It took us five years to go through a three book saga. You know, because
3: because I'm trying to imagine me with. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not. OCD like crazy OCD, but Mm -hmm. I need to have certain things done before I can start something else. Mm -hmm. Like I'm I'm watching, uh, I was watching a TV show called Bojack Horseman on Netflix. Oh yeah, you've talked about that one before. And I couldn't start my next show on Netflix till I was done (laughs) with that one. Uh Like my brain wouldn't let me go. Okay, I really want to watch the second season of The Flash, Uh but. I couldn't start it until I was done. With, I
2: have four different campaigns yeah. going right now. Yeah. that I'm a part of. I've
0: backed out. I've backed out of a few. I think I'm down and, to two right now. And because so I was trying having to remember fatigue.
2: what do mm. I have in, what am I doing, and whatever. So I have to go back and look at the character sheet every so often, even while we're mm-hmm. gaming. I say, oh yeah, I've got second level spells. <laughs> I'm gonna thank Mark for that for yeah. reminding me. There's <laughs> there's a type of Shut game you're end
0: gonna want to avoid. As, okay. you, as you start, if, if you take your first step into this much larger world, Billy, there's a type of game you will just want to avoid. It's called the sandbox game. A sandbox is basically a, it's a loose reference. Any game master out there will, will know. They'll basically what they're going to do is they're going to set the world out in front of you, say, here's the town you're in or here's the city you're in. Mm-hmm. What do you do? They're, they're not going to give you anything. It's up to you to take your character that you've spent all this time laboring over and creating and cutting every detail. It's up to you then to go well I leave my house. Okay, where do you go?
2: But, but, uh, uh-huh.
0: Yeah, well, now I'm going to go over here. Okay, what do you do when you get there? I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> they will just open the world up and let you go explore it. Now, I don't like doing that in real life. <laughs> See, but this... <laughs> oh, here's, okay. here's I here's like, a like having no, no, a no, purpose. Wait, 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 wait. I don't want,
3: this, I knew when I woke up this morning I was coming here.
0: Yeah. That's good enough. But that's great because think of it this way. You have the ability to go out your front door and explore an entire world from the safety of your living room. Mm-hmm. You have this way and this is something that we were kind of touching on with how you know like the generation coming up behind us there is they're so insulated. You know, this is this is a way to kind of teach to keep that imagination and that mind open to a, you know a, like for instance you know Billy who does not like having he's not comfortable with that. Okay? Well, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that. With t-shirt and shorts, mm-hmm. a pencil, a pen, dice, and paper from your living room couch, you don't actually have to physically leave your house. You have an opportunity to kind of use your imagination, go out into a world, and explore it. And if you're not, if if it's not cool, you're like, eh, oh well. And then you mm-hmm. crumple up your paper, throw it over your shoulder, and move on. No. You know? no, don't <laughs> don't <laughs> your... no. No, don't crumple up your... Tanya and I are very guilty of putting way too much time and effort into oh. our characters. So so when when character death happens, like I said earlier, it's oh, a God. real thing. You feel that. I mourn that person's passing. It's like... Oh, three crap. in
2: one campaign.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. Three I was right there in with one, one campaign. I, was, I had three in the same campaign oh. as you did. Yeah, that was a lethal no, one. No, and the other
2: thing is, like, you, ha- the DM will prep all this stuff to go on a specific adventure <laughs> that, that the characters pick and things like that. And then all of a sudden, like, when you get in there, the DM's like, "Yes, we're ready for it," and then we totally do a ninety degree turn, and they're like looking through the book now because they're not prepped for what we decided to do. <laughs> a
0: couple of weeks ago, our, our current DM is our friend Doug, and uh, he had all this stuff planned, and we went sideways and completely missed all of it. And he, just, I remember him looking across the table at uh, at a friend of ours, Evan, and just going, "Just he just he." It was a curse word, but just, he threw it out there. It was like, "Oh man!"
2: So last week he prepped. By getting all the monsters <laughs> set up, going, I know you guys are going to go any which direction. If I think you're going to go left, you guys are going to go straight. And if I'm going, he was he was prepped for anything mm-hmm. at that point. But that's the thing: a, a really good DM is able to
4: adjust on, exactly. adjust on the fly. Adjust on the fly. And
2: Randy is definitely able to adjust oh, yeah, on the fly. Yeah, yeah. And and last night we um one of our friends Sean was out of town, so we didn't play our normal campaign. We started. Warhammer fantasy role play. Oh, with how'd that go, Mark? That was interesting. Um, Tyler actually came downstairs, but he's a little scared of Mark. I can see why, because um, Mark's kind of scary DM. He's he's the <laughs> one lethal.
0: That
2: he is lethal in, uh, but he was really good. But uh, it, w- it was it yeah. was interesting.
0: not right. too bad. So we have Billy, who has never. We played. need to get him over we, and start gaming. We're just going to call him a, a pre novice. He hasn't quite gotten the the to the character yet yeah, you got Tanya and I who are, are veterans and still active you got Brian who's a veteran and active you got Dan over here who's retired really quiet he's right. retired he used to play all the time but he hasn't in a very long time yeah, very very long time but th- but think about it from your perspective you, know, you remember all the adventures you went on mm-hmm. when when you were playing actively and do you do you look back at that and does it does does it I mean, you and I have always, and there's a bunch of us who who are here, we all write short stories and whatnot for the fun of it. Is that something that you can, that imagination, does that uh, color how you look at certain things? Does it push you to to do certain kind of approaches? It's been so long. Mm -hmm. I mean,
1: mean, it definitely affected it way back then, Mm -hmm. you know, but... I mean, I don't know about now. Okay. But I mean, it probably did and affected who I am today in some way because everything you do you know, builds up builds on the, up your character. Right. I don't consciously think about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, He's going
2: to do Paw Patrol adventures. Paw Patrol.
3: <laughs> For my
0: kids, yes. For the kids. <laughs> uh. here's, here's a random fact, by the way. This is on the top of my Snapple bottle. If two pieces of the same type of metal touch in outer space, they will bond together permanently. There you go. Non sequitur time. And uh, thank you very much, Billy. And so, from here, what we're going to do right now is we're going to encourage you, the listener, to to think about it. To think about it. Have you ever played? Do you want to play? And uh, and have you? Do you know of a game shop in your area? So try it. Try it. And you tell might us, like it. You might like it. You might try something new. And if you need it, if you have any questions, as always.
2: Please send them to Please us. Please
0: send them to us. We'll be happy to talk about it. We're going to be talking about this again. This is this is not the only time we're ever going to talk about tabletop gaming. Uh, we're going to wrap this particular podcast up for the day, and we are very, very grateful that you hung in there with us for the half hour of your life that you did. And, uh, and so thank you. Thank you to all. And there's that music again. Chris loves this. I'm (laughs) telling you.
4: It's fantastic. It
0: is. Thank you, Sybil. Thank you, Tanya. Thank you, Dee. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Dan. And thank you, Billy. This has been Monkey Business, a Mighty Monkey production. Mighty Monkey Productions of Rochester, New York. Creators and presenters of the Flower City Comic Con presenting their second show, May 20th and 21st, 2017 at the Floriano Rochester Riverside Convention Center. Follow us on Facebook, .facebook www.facebook.com. F-C-3-R-O-C.